New Jersey is the world. Hi everybody, Chris Gathard here. Welcome to New Jersey is the world. Now before I get into this week's intro, I want to let you know that if you're not at patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world, man, did you mess up this week. And I think that every week. We crank out great content every week from the deep dives to South Jersey is also the world to, to Don's food videos to the Gagoots episodes, which are probably the funniest things we do on the whole project. A lot going on, but the deep dive this past month, it was for Livingston. And Livingston and West Orange, those are rival towns. A lot of people would say enemy towns. And what it turned into was just an hour of, of unhinged shit talk. And I was leading the charge on it. I'm usually the calm one. I was proud of Bonaduce. Bonaduce didn't really go that nuts. I went nuts. But if you want to hear us just go crazy about our enemy rival town as West Orange people, man, you got to sign up at patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world. So before I even get into what this week's episode is about, let's hear some reaction to our deep dive episode from West Orange's own Tom the Bomb. Hey guys, I think my phone fell out on the last call. So it's Tom the Bomb from West Orange was listening to the Deep Dive Livingston episode and just wanted to give a call and tell two quick stories about my experiences with that town. Far too many, but I chose two. One time, Friday night, driving around, get flagged down by another car full of guys, pop out ready to fight, and we end up knowing the kids from down the hill. They said they wanted to get into a fight, we drive up to Livingston 7-Eleven. The other car pulls up, runs out of the car, finds the first Livingston high schooler, and just punches him square in the face. We all panic, hop in the cars, and get escorted out by the Livingston police. Also, my senior year of high school, I was dating a girl from Livingston who was gifted on her birthday, a brand new car with a ribbon on it. I've never seen any shit like that before. I was introduced to her by one of the craziest kids I know from the Stagfield crew. Great guy, but batshit crazy. She ended up moving to West Orange later on and living in a gated community up the hill. So it was pretty much like living in Livingston, just with a West Orange address. Guys, keep up the good work. Great episode. Talk again soon. Hey, thanks, Tom. I, uh, I'm glad to hear that the traditions of how West Orange people treated Livingston people continued after I graduated and left town. I'll tell you what, too. I think we're the bad ones. I think we're the bad guys in all the stories. I listened back to what we talked about on the Deep Dive episode. I listened to you. We are the ones who are arbitrarily targeting these nicer people who don't seem to come down the hill and have a problem with us. seems like all the stories are us going to Livingston to look for trouble with them. We're the bad guys in the story. Anyway. Okay, let's keep it focused on Essex County, actually, this episode. You might remember a few months ago, put out an interview with a friend of mine, a comedian named Alexis Guerreros. Alexis grew up in Newark and reached out to him and said, you know, I grew up in the suburbs of Newark and you hear about Newark and hear about the statistics, you hear about crime rates. And we were always told not to go there. And then you get older, you think hard about it. You go, man, that's part of the problem. There was this flight 
from the city to the suburbs. And I, I promised you I was going to find more people with North Connections to interview. So today, I'm very lucky to present to you an interview with Daniel Joseph. Now, how do I know Daniel Joseph? It's really an interesting roundabout way. Um, you might know our producer, Carson. You might know that we have a, uh, a theme song called Orange Water by a rapper named GDP. GDP's from West Orange. GDP and Carson were both members of this clique of rappers that came out of West Orange where I was living in Queens and I started hearing, oh, there's these rappers coming out of West Orange making some noise. And I, at first, you know, your instinct is to go, what are you talking about? And then I listened to it. I go, man, a lot of this is good. Known as Division East for a while, Slang Corp for a while. And I noticed they, they kept having guest appearances from this guy, Daniel Joseph. And everything he was on, I'd be like, that dude's good. That dude's really good. Researched it. Daniel Joseph had been rapping for a long time. It's part of a group called Bully Mouth for a while. And then under the name Daniel Joseph. And just support his work as an artist because everything he's, he does is great. Really high-level stuff. And then on top of it, just what you need, me. A, suburb, a white suburban guy, high-level stuff, talking about a rapper. But legit, he's really good. Now, another important thing is Daniel Joseph also works uh, in housing in Newark. He's an advocate. He's an activist. And he really thinks hard about the issues that come along with one of the basic rights humans have, housing, and how things get affected in Newark. So you'll hear. I ask him a lot of similar questions to the ones I asked Alexis. Some of the answers are reflective. Some of them have some real deviations. One thing Daniel brought up is, I got to talk to some people who aren't just connected to the Ironbound. Hearing his perspective on the Ironbound, it was eye-opening to me. It made me realize there's more work to be done in these conversations. So if you're out there, you're connected with Newark, whether you're a native, whether you work there, whether you work um, in any sort of advocacy or activism, uh, help in the city of Newark, I want to hear from you. And especially if you're from the non-ironbound sections, it's time. I want to keep opening my mind. I want to keep widening my horizons. I want to keep learning. Thank you for the opportunity. Okay, everybody. Buckle up. This is a good one. Thanks to everybody who listens. New Jersey is the world. So yeah, we were, we were just catching up. I'll do the intros later, but you were just telling me you were ironbound most of your life. Yeah, so I've lived in ironbound since I was three days old. I was born in Orange, um, three days old, moved back to, to, to or moved into Ironbound. So I've been there, I've been all around Newark, uh, well, mostly North Ward, Central Ward, downtown area, and, and Ironbound, but Ironbound for at least, I'm 41, so been in Ironbound for at least 35 of those years. And uh, I'm from a part of Ironbound that most people don't consider Ironbound. It's what we call East Ironbound now, but uh some of us that grew up down there call it down bottom. It's like this, this old industrial area that's like, you know, you're within walking distance to the incinerator. Um, yeah, it's just out. It, it's just surrounded by old in industry. I grew up right across the street from the old Ballantine Ale factory, um, which they, when they left in the 70s, they pretty much left the, the, the neighborhood to shit. Um, so uh, it was... <laughs> Yeah, it was wild. I grew up right underneath the, the landing pattern for, for airplanes at, at EWR. Um, but yeah, I've been in Ironbound for, for, or Down Neck, whatever you want to call it, East Ward for, for most of my life. Well, here's, it's, because I haven't told you much about what we're talking about. I just messaged you and said, I want to talk about Newark and we have many mutual friends, but we haven't actually spoken before right now. So I was glad, first yeah. of all, that you trusted me to even take a chance on this. But <laughs> here's what I've realized in doing this New Jersey podcast is, so my grandparents both grew up down neck, iron bound, like mm. they always called it down neck, like the old school yep. people, right? Like For sure. 
Yep. Another one of my grandparents, when he immigrated from Ireland, he lived in Newark. Mm. And one thing I've realized is that I talk with my West Orange friends and we talk about growing up there. Everything comes back to Newark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. I talk to, we hear feedback from people listening. All the Essex County people, they all have roots in Newark, right? Yeah. Yep. You start to realize, like my dad went to Essex Catholic. Mm. He entered high school. His freshman year was uh, 1968. So right after 67. Yeah. Yeah. The rebellion. Yep. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you start to realize, okay, I grew up in an, a section of West Orange where everybody was Irish mm-hmm. and all their families have roots in a few blocks in Newark. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Livingston right next door to West Orange, Jewish families, a lot of them mm-hmm. from Weequake. Yeah. Fairfield with the Italians, Belleville with the Italians. And you can just see pockets all over Essex County. Now, as I'm getting older and wiser, and as the world is sort of talking about cities in different ways, mm-hmm. and as part of progressivism is dealing with urban issues, makes me realize my grandparents lived in Newark. That's true for a lot of people like me. And our parents hung out there. They used to go shopping at Bamberger's. They used to take the bus down Main Street from West Orange through Orange, right? And I sit here, I go, man... We heard so much shit about Nork growing up. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter, when I take a step back, is one version of the story is just, wow, did the rest of us just bail on that city? Mm-hmm. People bailed. Mm-hmm. So you're the second person I'm talking to. Another very funny uh, friend of mine, a comedian named Alexis Guerreros, who grew up in Ironbound. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I want to talk to people who grew up in Nork and say, I know what the perspective is being in the Nork suburbs of the things we heard about Nork. Mm. What did you hear about us? What was the thought about the suburbs? Cause I've never, I don't think I've ever heard anybody tell me that story. Yeah. Cause Nork with us, it was, Oh, stolen car capital of the world. It was, there's no reason to go there except the airport. It was, yeah. you know, it could be quicker to take the local roads, still take the highways. Don't bother. You know, it was like, that was that was the dialogue. It was a dangerous place, stolen car capital. Yeah, yeah. This is what you heard. And I look, I go, that's fucked up. These were this was a city that my grandparents lived in and that we lived I mean, yeah. it was a ten minute drive from my neighborhood of West Orange back to the house where my ten, fifteen minutes, you're back at the front door where my grandparents grew up. For sure. What was the dialogue in the opposite direction? That's it's funny. So I grew up in Ironbound, so uh, you know, it's First of all, people that grow up in Ironbound don't go to different parts of the city. Like I, me and my friends, like, you know, I think I didn't go downtown until I was like 14 or 15 years old. And like downtown is like, you know, where everybody was at. Um, but as far as, uh, uh, you know, let's say the oranges, for instance, or the suburbs, uh, there wasn't much mention of it until like you had to go on a drive with your parents or something like that. Um you always knew about the oranges. Well, I knew about the oranges because I was born in Orange. I had family in East Orange. Um, but other than that, you didn't really think about it. You just thought about it as the suburbs. That's where the rich people live. Um, that's where we're not allowed. <laughs> um, uh, shit like that. It, was, uh, it wasn't until maybe like, you know, 15, 16 years old when I started, or 16, 17, whatever you want to say, but until I started venturing out on my own and like, you know, kind of uh, going beyond Newark that started going into these areas that you started to, to, 
you know, to see what it's like. And I think the first place that I really started hanging out at that was outside of Newark was Montclair. Um, and I went there and the, the, the great thing about Montclair at that time, this is like, you know, late nineties, early two thousands was, you know, you went there as a super liberal city. I mean, town, it still is. Um, uh, but the thing is it, the people that were there, although they looked like they were affluent and they were, uh, they had the means to do the things that they were doing. Uh, they looked like folks that were from Newark. There was black and brown folks, right? Um, you know, the, the, the white people there weren't as scary as, as uh, you know, as, as the folks that we were told how, 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 how white folks were scary. Um, so it, it was, uh, you know, it was, it wasn't talked about a lot, but I think it, it until I experienced it by myself, um, I kind of, you know, got the sense of what the suburbs were about. Um, but also, I mean, you know, there, there was, there was times where, you know, we would play basketball as teenagers. We would go to other places like Edison or like, Teaneck or, or those places to play ball, but outside of the court, we weren't really chilling with anybody. So um, it's kind of uh, yeah. it, it wasn't a lot. There wasn't a lot to talk about it. Newark was life, or the Ironbound was life for me. Right, everything I did was in walking distance. Like you know, playing ball, playing baseball, playing football, playing whatever we were playing. Like was as a kid was there. You know, when I was writing graffiti in my teenage years, like you know. <laughs> You know, people people uh, want to be all city, but I stayed in the Ironbound because I didn't want to get my ass whooped if I passed the tracks, you know, <laughs> or I went to the wrong neighborhood. Um, it was the 90s. Like, shit was real, you know? So uh, it was bugged out. But, um, yeah, yeah, you don't really yeah, you don't really talk about it unless your teachers were from, like, coming in from the suburbs to teach you. So, From the grown-up perspective, and it's weird because I don't want to sit here and just be like, man we have a lot to apologize for because what does that get in it? Like the, you know, being an apologist, what the fuck does that get you? But I sit here, I go, when I sit here and think about, you, you start to read about the rebellion, you know, you hear about it called the riots yeah. and then you get older, you start yeah. to read, Oh, it was a rebellion. And then you start to read about, Oh, it was cause the cops were beating the shit out of a taxi driver and people are tired of it. And yeah. it's like actual violence. You see footage, you hear about that maniac, uh, Imperial who formed a vigilante mm -hmm. squad to protect Italian residents. You start to go, crazy my dad has a story that him and his buddy were out walking around during the days of threat walking around in west orange like walking around in mm. a nicer part of west orange and a cop grabbed them threw them in the back of the cop car and went, what are you guys doing walking around we don't know who's going to show up tonight and there was like a mm. like a machine gun in the back because the cops were just driving around waiting for roving packs of people you go you hear stories mm. about people pulling the bridges up from other towns nearby mm. i go man we we abandoned the most important city in our ecosystem and it feels yeah. like it's just now starting to thaw. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of questions about how that's going to go. And if there isn't some justifiable, like, wait, hold on a second. That was really, it was really, it was really fucking wrong. It was really wrong Yeah, for all of it. It, it, was, it, was, it was wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, to go into detail about what I know about the rebellion. So just for some context, um, I'm a biracial person. My father's black, my mother's white, uh, my mother's Polish um, from, from, you know, uh, but it's wild. My dad grew up on Jefferson Street in Ironbound, which at the time was heavily Italian. Um, my mom grew up in what we call East Ironbound now, which is the neighborhood I grew up in, uh, which was a lot of Polish people, Slavic folks, um, and black and brown folks. So, you know, black folks, Puerto Ricans, uh, that, you know, diaspora from New York, from when, you know, folks that were coming over um, in that era. 
Um, yeah, so, you know, as I got older and we started talking about the rebellion, my father's side of the family, who were, you know, the black side of my family, um, you know, sitting at the table and hearing them talk about the rebellion as black folks in Ironbound was super interesting, right? Because, you know, Ironbound was, was or Down Eck was, was the part that, you know, folks were, quote unquote, protecting, right? From the people that were, that were doing things downtown and like, you know, the city was literally burning. Um, so I heard stories as well. Like my uncle and my father, I remember they were sitting down at the table and they were talking about how like, you know, folks were at Penn Station with shotguns and, and things of that nature to protect the neighborhood. And, you know, and the question was like, well, how'd you feel about being like one of the only black families that lived that close to the border of downtown? Um, and it was scary for them. It really was. Um, but when you think about, you know, what happened and what led to that, you know, that stuff was a lot of people talk about 67 being, you know, kind of like the, the point where folks started leaving Newark. But um, the, the reality is that all this shit started in the 50s. Like, you know, it was, it was it was from redlining and then, you know, blockbusting when literally they would hire black families to walk down the street and you would knock on somebody's door. And when the person answered, the person the person would, would say, like, hey, look, black people are moving to the neighborhood. You might want to sell your house. And people were like, fuck, I got to get out of here. So, these you know, these were tactics that were being used. Um So I think when you go deeper into it, yes, there's, you know, there's. People left after 67 in droves, right? But people were leaving before that. But I think when you, when you look at the root cause of it all, it's blatant racism, right? It's the fact that, you know, folks were afraid of, of, of black people at that point, which is fucked up. And they started moving to these, these other cities um, to the point where Newark still hasn't fully recovered from 67, right? Um, you know, and, and once we start recovering from it, you know, the crack and heroin epidemic hit, <laughs> you know, so we're still trying to survive, you know, or, or still trying to heal from that era. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it, it seems like it's a very cyclical thing, the, the shit that happens with Newark. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I think, uh, to go back to what you're talking about, yeah, it is very fucked up to, to just leave a city because you're afraid of, you know, another human being whose skin color is, is different than yours. <laughs> uh, kind of fucked up. I know when I talked to Alexis, he told me that one of the really frustrating things for him is he is an artist, comedian. He's gotten some success. He doesn't live in Newark anymore. He goes back. His mm -hmm. mom is still there. And yeah. he says that he has made efforts to um, sort of engage with people in the same position as he was in. He's gone back to schools. Mm -hmm. He expressed to me that he feels like there's a feeling for a lot of people that grow up in Newark, that there's not a point that you're, that the game is rigged, <laughs> that escape is not, a, is not so possible. So why bother? Yeah. And he says, it's heartbreaking to him. Mm. I feel like that's gotta be one of the worst things to hear about kids who are kind of left in a place where we pull up the bridges, literally, mm. you know? Yeah. Newark, Newark is, uh, you know, and you had conversations about this. We had conversations about this as teenagers. Like, you know, you can't wait to get out of here. And still, like, you look back. I think out of all the friends I've grown up with, I'm the only person that still lives in Newark. Um, I left for a couple of years. My parents, you know, after they left Newark, they went down to the D.C. area. Um, so I was with them for like two years. But I came back. Um, but it's true. Like, Newark is, is one of those places that most people 
Uh, if you can leave, you will leave. Um, and, you know, there's some folks that, that you know, romanticize what the city was or, or, or is um, and want to stay around. I'm one of those people that, you know, you see the potential in it, um, you know, because we're so close to New York City and, and, and you know, we know that, you know, Newark is, uh, it's, I mean, it's a major city and we know what kind of gem it is. Um, but the reality is, I think if you talk to any Newark resident, no matter what ward or what neighborhood you, you, you live in, um, you know, uh, the, you're going to find a, a large, you know, part of that population that's going to say like, hey, I want to get out of here. To this day, even though Newark's going through so many changes right now, I still think you have a lot of people that that want to leave. And I think for now, there's, there's another layer to that, which is the fact that it's becoming very fucking expensive to live here. Right, right. Um, because of what's going on, or what's happened in Jersey City and what happened in Hoboken, you know, 20 years ago and, and you know, what's going on in Harrison and, and shit of that, like, like that. So, um, yeah. Harrison's wild. Me and my buddies who I do the podcast with, we talk about, that's the, we used to, from West Orange, used to drive to the Path Station in Harrison to go into the city. That's where you'd go leave your car. Yeah, what a shithole, right? I mean, it was like you park and you kind of just run. You just run to the station. <laughs> I, I, I've told a story on the show once about my car got towed and I had to walk through Harrison in the middle of the night to get to the lot. Yeah. And I went and bought one of those those drinks orbits in the 90s that had the big glass <laughs> bottle. With the, I went and bought one because I was like, I might need to fucking defend myself. Now you go to condos and the soccer stadium and food and yeah, yeah. Uh, Harrison, Harrison's well. I always, I always considered Harrison like an extension of Ironbound. It's the same kind of you know population demographic. Uh, you know, heavily heavy you know immigrant population. Uh, but yeah, what's going on there now? They you know they tore down the old industry that was there, the old pass station that we knew of as, as kids, the one where you can just run up the hill in the back to get on the pass station and pay. <laughs> uh-huh. um, they knocked that down, so it's like you know now there's like this state of the art fucking station. Um, and the, the the sad part about it is that it's all catered to a new population that's coming in, um, and you know it, it it speaks volumes, right? Because it's like all right. Uh, what developers and what, fo- what folks say is like, hey, uh, we got this new crop of people that are moving into the neighborhood, um, so we're going to fix things up. Um, and you're seeing that in parts of Newark right now. Uh, you know, like, what, oh, besides like downtown, downtown Newark is a place where, you know, they kind of needed to have some res- residential spots down there because it's so desolate for so long, right? It was blighted for fucking forever. Downtown was scary as fuck, which is another reason why I didn't go down there until I was like 15 years old. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, some parts are needed, but going back to Harrison, yeah, Harrison's wild, man. It's, you know, you got the stadium there, they built a brand new neighborhood. Um, and it's blocks on blocks. It's not just like, you know, it's not like two blocks where they put like, you know, a couple of apartment buildings. There's, there's at least five or six and they're still building, you know? You brought it up as sort of like a canary in a coal mine where you go, you keep your eye on Harrison as somebody in Newark right now. As somebody, I mean, you you describe it, and it's 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 one of the really interesting questions, right? Because you said, you know, the Ballantine left. You grew up on that block. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, things are th- those jobs are gone. Those buildings are. Yeah. So when you look at Harrison, you sit here, you go, is that? It has to be a weird mixture. I would imagine. Is it cautionary to you? Is it a sign of hope to you? Is it? Is it foreboding? It's, is it doom? I have to imagine there's a lot of emotions in seeing that it's coming. Yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. It's scary to me. Um, I, so for the last you know, eight years of my life, I've worked on, on housing policy. 
Um, so everything in Newark from like, you know, our rent control ordinance to, you know, inclusionary zoning to, you know, uh, right to counsel, which gives, you know, uh, you know, low income folks the right to, to a lawyer and landlord tenant court, um, things of that nature. Like, so I've been in the room when folks are talking about what's going on in Newark, but as somebody who grew up in a, in a neighborhood, that's, you know, one of the poorest census tracts in the city, um, and is not considered part of the neighborhood that it's actually in, which is, you know, kind of a, a tourist attraction for the rest of the city, which is Ironbound as a whole. Um, you know, it, it, it's, you know, growing up in a part of the neighborhood that's always been, uh, you know, outside of, 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 of what's being talked about. Um, and then seeing what's going on in Harrison and then seeing the development that's going on in the rest of Ironbound creep into the neighborhood that I, you know, that I've worked in for so long and I used to live in. I mean, it's scary because I, I still have a lot of fan, you know, friends down there um, that, you know, their family members are still down there and they're under threat. They're under threat of being displaced because of, of you know, the G word gentrification. <laughs> but uh, it's 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 hard. Right. Because as I get older, I see why there's a need for 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 some, you know, for development. Um, but the scary part is, is because, you know, people that I can empathize with are going to suffer. Right. People that don't have the means to afford what's coming. Um are really going to get pushed out. And I know you mentioned on, on one of your shows, I think you, when you were talking to the governor, actually, yeah. you talked about like other communities, like people don't want to lose their ruts hut and things like that, um, which I didn't know people, <laughs> I didn't know folks in the suburbs like, like worried about shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to lose ruts hut. That's crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's like, you know, for us, it's like, yo, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to lose, uh, you know, I don't want to lose, you know, this, this, this corner store that I've been, you know, that I've been getting Lucy's from and, and, you know, <laughs> sodas with way too much sugar in since I was, you know, five years old. And I don't want this diner on the corner that that's, you know, it's just in such bad shape, but it's, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it brings character to the neighborhood for so many reasons. I don't want that to leave. Uh, but the thing is all these places are under threat and, and, you know, when your businesses are under threat, your people, the people that live there are under threat as well. And we've seen plenty of cases of that, you know, not just in, in, you know, in, in Jersey, but across the nation right now. I think, you know, every every major city in, in, in the nation has gone through some 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 sense of gentrification. And Newark is, you know, one of those cities that's going through it right now. Um, so, yeah. So to answer your question, it's scary, man. It really is scary. And it's somebody who can. uh can somewhat afford to 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 stay um god bless rent control um you know i do my heart goes out to folks that can't because they're gonna get pushed out into places that you know they're not familiar with and and you know into situations that they're probably just they don't want to be in i know when i talked to the governor i had said because one of the things that's always fascinated me about jersey it's not the same story in patterson trenton camden Mm. but new jersey has Mm. a track record of cities that get kind of painted as the boogeyman of their area, right? Like if you're in Passaic County, I bet this sounds really familiar as far as your relationship with Patterson and Passaic. And if you're in Camden County, I bet you hear what we're saying about Newark and you go, I know the Camden version of that. New Jersey has not done great by its cities. I think, I think that's not a controversial thing to say. Mm. I said to the governor, I go, you know, it gives me hope to see some of the cities turning around. And mm. with being in Essex County and having these feelings about, Nork and feeling like 
it's a place that I was taught to be scared of as, as a kid, taught to be wary of, but it's also this piece of my identity because it is like the, it's like the sun that the rest of Essex County revolves around, right? Like it's the biggest yeah. city. I was able to say to the governor, I'm getting the sense things are moving and that's great. Mm. But how do you make sure the people who have been there when it wasn't bouncing back don't suffer? And yeah. I, I, he said to me something I found really interesting. I'd love your opinions on, and you work in housing. Mm. It yeah. sounds like you heard the interview. He said something along the lines of, you know, this is a city that once had a few hundred thousand more people than it has now. This means it has the physical infrastructure and a lot of other yeah. places don't have that. Like a lot mm. of the places don't have the buildings, the electrical grid, the water. Mm. They don't have the actual infrastructure. This city once supported it. He seemed to think that that was going to mean less displacement. I wonder on the inside, mm. and certainly, mm. you know, this is our first face-to-face -face conversation. I've heard your work <laughs> over the years and yeah, <laughs> you strike me as a very reasonable and and uh, nice person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you call bullshit <laughs> on that? Do you hear that and go, "Oh, they have a plan," or do you go, "No, it's 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 very true." And I can say this now: I don't work with the organization that I've been work that I was working with for the last eight years. Um, but being in those rooms and and knowing the type of people that are working on the policy in Newark, um, a lot of them being folks that are are you know Newarkers and the mayor included. Um, there's a lot of shit in place that's going to keep Newarkers um, in the city. Uh, again, rent control. Newark's rent control ordinance is one of the strongest in the nation. So that means that you're keeping, you know, affordable apartments in neighbor every neighborhood in the city. You're keeping it. You know, you're keeping rents capped at a level where where folks um, don't have to stress about oh shit, is my landlord going to raise the rent a hundred dollars? Right. This is something that your rent is getting raised like four percent. Which, if you're paying, you know, if you started your rent at five hundred dollars <laughs> twenty years ago, you're probably not even paying. You're not probably paying like a thousand dollars yet. Probably, if you are, it's it's a little bit over. Um, you know, inclusionary zoning, which is something that you know is is pretty new to Newark within the last five years, is something that because there's so much development going on, um, if folks want to build, there's you know there's a certain there's a threshold of how many units. Um, will trigger inclusionary zoning. And that means that if you have 30 units or 30 apartments um, built, you know, once it goes over that 30, you have to set aside a percentage for affordability. Um, so there's arguments about what affordability means in the city of Newark, but I, I think, uh, you know, it, it's something, if it's enforced, it's something that's going to benefit, uh, you know, a lot of Newarkers. Um, and then you have right to counsel, which is another, you know, another thing, which is, hey, Landlords, especially small landlords, uh, and a lot of them in Ironbound are just, yeah, just horrible people, right? So they're doing anything possible <laughs> to, to get folks evicted. <laughs> yeah, fuck it, it's a shit show. Um, doing anything possible to, to get folks evicted. So uh, the crazy the numbers are astounding, man. It's like, I think it's something like 90% of folks or something like that, or, or forgive me if I'm wrong if I'm fucking up the data, but a large percentage of folks that go to landlord tenant court aren't represented by a lawyer. But, you know, it's like a large percentage of landlords are. So if you're a tenant going in there, you know shit about housing law. And the judge is like, hey, why didn't you pay your rent? And you're like, you know, such and such. Or the landlord say, I'm evicting this person because they did this and that. And, you know, you can't defend yourself. You know, you're evicted. And the thing is about eviction in New Jersey, if you get evicted or you have an evicting, eviction case filed against you, that shit stays on your record forever. So if you go apply for a place... Um, you know, because you got evicted from somewhere and like two years later, you're like, ah, I have enough money to move somewhere else in the city. 
or, or in the state of New Jersey, and they look at your file and they say, you have eviction, you know, we can't, we don't want you to live here. And that happens so much and like, you know, disproportionate to, to you know, poor folks and, and mostly, you know, people of color in the state of New Jersey. So it's wild. So to answer your question, I think, I don't call bullshit. I think, uh, you know, the mayor, Ross Baraka is, is, you know, you know, he's, he's a son of Newark. He's, you know, he was born in Ray or, you know, he spent most of his life or all of his life in Newark, I say, um, you know, he comes from, you know, Mary was his dad. So he comes from a place where uh, social justice is, is, you know, a baseline for him. Um, so I, I trust that, you know, his administration is, is, you know, looking to do all the right things for, you know, your everyday Newarker. Um, and to go back to the infrastructure thing, yeah, that, that actually piqued my interest as well. Um, because infrastructure has been, you know, on a federal level, it's been such a, you know, it's been a category of folks are talking about. So for a city in Newark to, to be, uh, you know, in the spotlight of a place that, that's, you know, seeing change and people want to build here uh, <laughs> because it's very cheap to build here. Right now. <laughs> also because of the proximity to New York City, um, you know, it, it's it makes sense that you know they're going to put the dollars into into making things. And you know, in the last three years, there was the big lead, you know, the lead in the water thing, which you know raises a lot of you know red flags for folks um, as far as like you know what's what's going on in the city is or you know is everybody dying? <laughs> um, but you know that's that's been taken care of. And kudos to the mayor and the administration, like they took care of that shit quick as hell. Um, there's actually a ticker on city hall of how many. You know how many homes have been, uh, you know, remediated for, from from um, land contamination. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think it is. I think it's heading in the right direction as far as um, folks, everyday Newarkers, and folks that have been here uh, for a very long time being able to stay. Um, but it's just a matter of making sure that policy that's in place um, and things that are said are enforced. And I think that's that's the biggest thing because, you know, it's easy to forget sometimes, you know. <laughs> I want to ask a question that I've heard some strong reactions to that I'm very interested about your opinion on because it relates back to this sort of like the suburban connection back to Newark. Like, I feel like for me, my whole childhood, it was there was a, you know, Route 280 goes right through West Orange. There's a shopping center called Essex Green and we all started hearing, oh man, if you park your car at Essex Green, people can steal them and then they go right down the road. It's at a chop shop in Newark 20 minutes later, they never find it. You start hearing things like this, you're like, wow, you know? And that was like my whole childhood. And then yeah. Cory Booker shows up okay. and he becomes like the Newark superhero. Yeah, yeah. And we all start hearing, man, he's living in the projects and he got all this money from Zuckerberg. And you brought up Ross Baraka. It's funny because when I talked to my friend Alexis, he expressed a very similar trust in Ross Baraka that you did of like a cautionary optimism of like, and he was saying, look, Newark government is almost hilariously corrupt historically, but Ross Baraka yeah. cares. He also uh. said something to me of like, it's great that Cory Booker made the suburbanites feel like Newark was worth paying attention to again. Alexis did not necessarily express a great level of trust in Cory Booker from the North perspective. I wonder what the view is uh, on the ground of our senator. Yeah, Cory Cory Booker is uh, he's he's a legend, right? <laughs> For like, you ever hear the T Bone story? 
about a, a T-Bone story. Uh, Google. I don't know the story by heart, but supposedly, like, I don't know, he helped some dude named T-Bone out, which is a hilarious name. But this was like in, in the 2000s. So like, who the fuck calls himself T-Bone anymore? <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, so he helps this dude T-Bone out. Um, you know, he has this elaborate story, uh, you know, and like a couple years later, it turns out that T-Bone was this fictional character that he made up because I guess he was, you know, he was probably running for something and he needed a story. So the joke is now is like, you know, if you bump into Cory Booker and he takes a liking to you, watch out because you might wind up in a story uh, for his campaign trails. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think, um, yeah, Cory, Cory Booker, it, it depends on who you ask in the city. Like if you ask a lot of folks in Iron Mountain about Cory Booker, uh, and of course, uh, you know, me being one of them, um, extremely skeptical. Like, uh, I still, it, it was a blur, right? It was a super blur when he was, uh, this is a Facebook thing, right? What the hell happened to that $1 billion, right? Um, what else? Uh, he dismantled, or he pretty much broke apart the, the you know, the, the, the police. Um, you know, crime was, Jesus, oh my God, crime was, you know, it was, through the roof when he was mayor. Um, so, it, you know, what did he do here? I guess it's a problem, right? It's <laughs> so like, yeah, he brought, he, you know, Oprah, Oprah was, you know, Oprah's his pal. So like, you know, the, he did, he brought a lot of attention to Newark. And I do think a lot of things that are going in, are going on in Newark now, as far as development and, you know, the people that are taking an interest in, and, and, you know, that, that might be remnants of his work, right? He might've started the conversation um, and handed the baton over to, to Roz, you know? Um, you know, so he can benefit from from the work that was done. But again, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't behind closed doors for a lot of those things. But uh, for any of those, I should say. Um, but I don't know, man. Corey's Corey's uh, he's a wild boy. You know, he's dating Rosario. <laughs> you know what I'm he's doing something right, right? I don't know. But uh, yeah, it depends on who you ask, man. There's certain parts of Newark you go into, you talk about Corey, and be like, get the fuck out of my face. Like, I don't want to talk about that too. Um, but again, there's there's some people that love them, you know. So uh, he definitely loves Newark. I know that for a fact. <laughs> Every chance he gets, he, he likes to let everybody know on the national stage or the local stage that he, you know, he lives in Newark in his neighborhood. So, um, but it's cool. It's cool. Like, yeah. How is his name? Do you? Everybody knows where he lives, right? Yeah, yeah. He lives. Uh, the neighborhood is. It's it's a. Uh, it's like. I want to say it's like a, the outskirts of like downtown area, which most neighborhoods in in, in Newark are. You kind of like you know just downtown and like it spread it fans out. Um, yeah, it's it's a neighborhood. <laughs> See that the, the misconception about Newark is like Newark is just like when you show up there, like you said, like if you park your car on any street, like you know as soon as you turn your head, it's going to be on cinder blocks, right? <laughs> but the reality is in Newark, there's only like two neighborhoods, not even neighborhoods. There's like two very small parts of the city where I think like again, if I fuck up that, I'm sorry, but I'll just say this: a large percentage of of you know. I'll call them crimes of desperation happen. Um, and the rest of the city is just normal as fuck, man. It's just super normal. Like, uh, I live in the Ironbound. I'm moving to a section in Newark uh, called Forest Hill uh, or North Newark. 
uh, part of Forest North Hill, notoriously nice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they 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 filmed uh, Phil 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 uh, Leotardo from uh, he did a scene in one of the, the mansions uh, from the Sopranos. Sopranos filmed out there basically because um, of the the estates that are out there. They're fucking huge. These are things that like you know they these are houses that take up half of a, a city block anywhere else. Um, but yeah, it, uh, so I'm moving over to that area, and it's like you know it's. There's pockets in Newark that are extreme, just weak wake section. You know, there's parts of weak wake off of Elizabeth Avenue that's, you know, you turn and like, you know, the grass is green and like, you know, and it, this is a part of the Southward. And Southward is a part of Newark that's notoriously talked about as just like, it's just hellfire. And people just die as soon as they, they cross the border into the Southward. But the reality of it is, is that no, some of our most affluent residents live in, in the Southward, in the weak wake section. Um, same thing in the West Ward. The West Ward is like, you know, it's crazy when you go up South Orange Avenue and you do see the difference of, you know, once you pass that 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 area of green space and, and hit Seton Hall, you can see the difference in Newark and South Orange. But, um, you know, the West Ward is, is, is the same thing. It's one family homes or rentals. It's, you know, quiet neighborhoods. Um, you know, your, any business district is going to be loud and, and, and you know anything like that and in any part of it you know my favorite business district is bluefield avenue in, in north north because you never know what you're going to get up there um it just seems like they just throw motors on anything in that area <laughs> just like go-karts and like fucking 10 speeds with like <laughs> with gas <laughs> gas tanks on it. it's, it's wild shit um but yeah i i uh uh going back to Corey's neighborhood it's, it's a normal ass neighborhood man it is it is i think uh you know there's there's a sense of pride that comes from being from Newark, right? And I think that is, if you stayed in Newark, there's, you know, that pride is, is, is you know, it's deep. Um, so I think when, you know, a, a person like Corey, anybody else that, that, you know, we get transplants all the time now, uh, folks that live in Newark now, it's kind of like this, uh, you know, this, this sense of pride, like, hey, I live in this city that a lot of people are still scared of. <laughs> so it's interesting. I, uh, I'd like to think I'm more enlightened than I used to be. Um, I will tell you last season, they didn't have fans, but I went to a Seton Hall game the year before that down at the rock. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I will tell you one area that hasn't gentrified, mm-hmm. which is the men's room at North Penn station. I use that <laughs> men's room at night and I don't know that I've ever been more scared for my safety than <sighs> that 90 seconds of my life. That was wild yeah. shit. Um, so Newark Penn Station has been even like you know you know when I was doing music and you know, I would do you know stuff in Newark and I would invite friends out from the city or like New York and stuff like that friends from the Bronx that would come out I remember I did a show with downtown Newark and friends from the Bronx came and you know when you go back to Penn Station Penn Station closes its gates like its ticket agent um, gates like really early um, <laughs> and after that is when Penn Station turns into this quasi homeless shelter. Right. Yeah. So you know, I have friends from the Bronx that were like, they came and then like, you know, text me the next day like, "Yo, what the fuck is going on at Penn Station? It's just rows and rows of of homeless folks." Um, and like now it's 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 because you know Newark is going through so many changes and and you know uh, you know some of the the homeless camps have been uh, you know pretty much uh, you know uh, cleaned out. Uh, you know, a homeless population is being displaced. So a lot of folks know Penn Station is a safe space for, for homeless folks because there's so many resources there for anything. But 
I'll tell you this. As a Newarker, you're conditioned for a lot of shit. Um, <laughs> you really are. Uh, short story. The other day, I was walking on, on Bloomfield and Broadway, and like this dude was 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 you know on the cop car, like old school, like hands on on the hood, and they were checking his pocket. And they pull out like a, it looked like a shotgun BB gun. But anyway, they pull out a shotgun BB gun, and like everybody looks, and he's like, "Damn, that's fucked up." <laughs> And you just keep walking, right? You text your friends later on, but you never never know what I saw. But you're conditioned to see a lot of shit, right? Um, that's just a small example. But going into Penn Station, um, the shell shock, is it never leaves you. It never leaves you. As somebody who's, you know, I live in Iron, I lived in Iron Mountain my whole life. You know, Penn Station is pretty much part of, of, of your, your life. Um, it's, it's, you know, you're using it all the time. Um, you know, after 10 o'clock and you go in there, it never, you know, you're never not saying like, fuck, this is crazy. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, it's bugged out. It's sad, man. Yeah, it really it is. is. I'm but, laughing um, only because yeah. no, I, I, it's one of those situations it. where you go, what else, if I don't laugh, I will, I will sit here and I will think forever about the horror of having yeah, walked into that it'll, bathroom it'll, around 1130 at night. Yeah, it's 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 fucked up, man. Like, I mean, it, it smells to high heavens. It's it's crazy. And like, uh, if you ever use the urinals, urinals in there, and you know, you, you stay there long enough, you have, you know, uh, you'll hear some shit like the conversations between the stones. <laughs> the people having conversations with folks. I mean, again, it's 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 a quasi homeless shelter. So you see the same characters all the time. And a person like me who uses public transportation as a means to get around, I mean, there frequently I see the same faces all the time. Uh, you know, I've I've definitely given uh, you know uh, donated to 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 the cause for uh, you know the same faces a lot of times, so it's uh, it's bugged out. But again, it's it's something that as, as a New Yorker, you just you know any major city that has a, I mean DC is the same thing with, with Union Station and mm-hmm. Baltimore, their Penn Station as well. It's like you never you're never ready for it. It's not DC. like New York so Penn much. Station is. Uh it, it, it smells like roses, it's, let alone yeah, thing. Nah, New York, yeah, New York Penn Station. But think about New York Penn Station. I always think about is it. like there's so many people there yeah. all the time, 24 hours. You're just hundreds of people there, especially if you're waiting for the, the, the transit train to go back to, to Jersey. <laughs> it just seems like you just huddled. Uh, you just have, it's just hot all the time, even when it's zero degrees outside. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know the homeless population there is you know you see it outside of it, of course, but. Uh, New York Penn Station, of course, is, is minuscule in comparison to New York Penn Station. So, you know, when you have, you know, 100 people in Penn Station, New York, versus 100 people in Penn Station, New York, is, is a totally different thing. And when 100 of those people are homeless folks, um, you know, it's, it's, it's wild. It's wild. But, yeah, going back to the bathroom, the bathroom is, uh, there's a lot of stuff. I love going on Twitter. And if, there's, if you go on Newark Twitter, um, <laughs> The, the Penn Station comments are always some of the best, <laughs> but at the same time, as somebody who's a, who's an advocate, as somebody who's who's done a lot of advocacy for for homeless folks, um, you know, I definitely see the 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 systemic uh, you know piece to it that's pretty fucked up, um, and it's only gonna get worse now because so many folks are facing eviction because of of, of you know mm-hmm. the fact that people haven't been working for the last year and a half, um, so it's it, it, it's some scary shit. So the 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 fear, the level of fear is. is the, the spectrum, I should say, is uh, is vast. I have a couple more questions, and I don't want to take up your whole night. One yeah. is, I went to Rutgers. I kind of, in passing, follow 
the Rutgers football team. Although I was never a big Rutgers fan uh, or a big football fan. So it's weird, but I keep my eye on it. And I've noticed a thing that I haven't seen anybody kind of write about as a trend, but there's been a few players in recent memory who came out of Newark high schools. They got D1 scholarships to Rutgers. This is a Big Ten school now. You know, that's no joke. And... Um, I can think of at least two players off my head who were really, really highly regarded football players. They got those scholarships and they never showed up on campus. And you'd read something in passing about because the high schools couldn't get the paperwork together. There were academic things that couldn't come together. And then you never hear about these kids again. Now, I sit here, I go, first of all, this ties into like the NCAA, this idea that we use these kids, that these kids are athletes. So, okay, he was good enough at football, but and then he gets tossed aside. But I do see this running trend of, man, if you're coming at, if you're a high school kid at a Newark high school and you see somebody who's the defensive player of the year in the state of New Jersey get that scholarship, that must lead to a lot of hope. And then when you see that person just get cast aside, you must go, that person was the man and I watched them do it. And this is what happens. What's going on? Yeah. I mean, you can't speak to everything and I don't expect you to speak yeah. to everything, but it does make me wonder... Mm. The schools in Newark, it doesn't seem like you have to connect too many dots to wonder about the uh, their ability to actually take care of these kids and get them to the next level. Not just sports-wise, yeah. right? The sports thing no. is... The cases I bring up are like public examples. It makes you wonder what else is going on. I uh, So I went to Hawkins Street School, which is... Um, Hawkins Street School is on the far eastern end of the Ironbound. Uh, again, in East Ironbound, we call it right now, uh, or down bottom. Uh, this school is, you know, it's most of, uh, you know, most of its population are, are, are you know, uh, students, uh, kids of color, um, a lot of public housing um, students, um, a lot of, uh, of folks who, when they go to school, um, you know, most, I won't say most of the time, but, you know, you might, I wouldn't doubt if, if, you know, a large portion of your kids go there because that's their only source of, of nutrition, right? Um, and then on top of that, when I was going there, it was, you know, a lot of the teachers were, you know, they, they were either from the neighborhood or they lived in the neighborhood. I remember Ms. Ertle, <laughs> God bless her so, oh, you know, oh, she, she lived a, a fruitful life. Uh, she lived two blocks away from the school. You know, my eighth grade teachers both grew up in the public housing um, uh, you know, two blocks away from the school, um, so they had uh, they had a lived experience of the neighborhood, so they knew what the kids want. So when I was there, it was kind of like you know you were learning, and you were learning about your neighborhood at the same time. Um, so we had a, again a lot of kids that I grew up with don't live in Newark anymore because you know they found an opportunity. Um, and I'm thinking it's because, you know, a lot of the teachers cared at that point. Not to say that the school was great because the school was, was shitty. It really was. It was a horrible school experience. Uh, when I got to high school, I was at Eastside High School. Uh, there was there's articles written about, you know, the fact that, you know, I think I forgot how many school school days there are in a year. But I think it was, you know, it was a large a large amount of those school school days were, were spent outside because our school was notorious for the fire alarm going off. Uh, at least three, three or four times a day. Um, a day? A day, yeah. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was it was a means for people to get out of school because schools fucking sucked. <laughs> but, um, 
but yeah, I think now it's it's uh, you know, it's um, a lot of a lot of te- going back to Hawkins Street School. A lot of teachers there, um, they might be from Newark or, or whatever, but they're not from the neighborhood, so they can't relate to some of the things that are going on there. They might be from different parts of Ironbound and you know, schools. So they're trying to get into Newark Public Schools, uh, so they might you know, they might work there, but they can't relate to 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 some of the students there. Um, but going back to what you're saying, you hear that story way too many times. There's so many. I'll just for the sports example. I grew up with so many kids that were amazing at sports. Um, you know, uh, and throughout high school, you know, just shitting on people. Like, I mean, like on the basketball court, in the baseball field, whatever it was. Like kids were just amazing at what they were doing on, on in, in recreation, um, but it's what you go home to sometimes, you know. And it's not just the school sometimes. It, it's sadly it's, it's what you go home to, and the support um, might not be there for that. And it's not just you know emotional support. It just might mean your family doesn't have the means uh, to support what you can do. Like you know, you, you think about little league. Why is little league in some of our poor communities? Why doesn't it exist anymore? It's because you know. A lot of people can't afford the uniforms. Um, you know, shit like that. Uh, but yeah, I, in a nutshell, you can say, yeah, the schools the schools are failing a lot of kids. Uh, but I think, you know, the schools in Newark need a lot of, uh, you know, uh, a lot of changes internally. Um, and I think it starts with, you know, I wish it would go back to like, you know, when I was a kid, when, when you know, our teachers were, were part of the neighborhood. Um, in one way or another, either they had lived experience or shared experiences with the, with the people that were living there, or they at least had like a, a very deep, uh, a deep knowledge of what was going on in the neighborhood. And you don't see that anymore. Um, also, I mean, school again. School's fucking boring, man. You're not. You're not. You're not it, it, the thing is, especially like if if you're in a poor neighborhood or if you're in like a, you know a community of color. Um, and you're learning about things that have nothing to do with your life, you know, uh, you're not going to pay attention, man. Like, you know, there's no trade schools anymore. I think Newark now is, is actually going to have uh, its first trade school dedicated to, to, I forgot what it is, but um, in Ironbound, actually, um, dedicated to specific trades in like over somewhat years. But uh, at the old, I think it's at the old St. James Hospital, I'm not sure. Um, so there's changes that are coming. But I think for the last, you know, <laughs> 40 years, uh, it's been a total shit show. So. so the last question is like an unfair one to ask. Mm-hmm. I don't expect you to have the answer. Um, but I sit here, I go, okay, if if the whole reason this has become fascinating to me is to realize like there are so many of us who grew up in this area mm-hmm. who feel this connection to Newark who don't go there, who never went there, who heard stories about it from their parents about these glory days, who heard warnings about it. I sit here, I go, okay, I can talk about it and and interview people and put something together like that. And that's doing something, Mm -hmm. but it's not, it's not in any way real. I I sit here, I go, I wonder what I can do. I wonder, I wonder what someone like me, who is a white guy who, you know, has moved back to Jersey and, I live even further away from Newark where I grew up. I go, if I do feel this affinity to this city and this idea of maybe I can somehow help, I wonder if there's organizations out there or if there's the right places to donate or there's the right way to behave or the right businesses to support. Mm. I find it, I will say this about Newark. 
you mentioned, to, you know, right up top, I go, we heard that we should avoid you. I said, what were you thinking about the suburbs? And you go, kids where I was from, we were not even thinking about those suburbs. They seemed far away. Yeah, yeah. And you sit there, you go, oh, some of that is systemic. Some of that is, yeah. some of that, you know, like you said, you can't just say 1967. It was more complicated than that. It started before that, but it certainly marked a turning point, I think, where my parents' generation raised us with fear. Yeah, yeah. And then you go, and then you're taught that fear, and you're taught to stay separate. So mm. it's part of what I want to do is find as many people mm. as I can talk to in the course of this and go, first of all, where should I spend my money? Because I know that's one of the basic things to help. Mm. Where should I direct my focus? Where? How can I where should I be bringing my son? Like where my, my two year old white son who lives in Morris County out in the woods, <laughs> who I want him to know that not everybody looks like this neighborhood. I, yeah. What are the, pla- yeah. what are the places to go? The things to do the, the right way to be, yeah. like yeah. I said, unfair yeah. question to put on any individual human being. Yeah. There's a, there's the Newark starter pack, right? Yeah. It's like when, when folks want to visit Newark, you know, you always tell them go to Halsey street. Um, so Halsey street is a, a street downtown. It's, it's it's always been kind of like, uh, you know, your street where all the artists hung out. Um, it's always been like this just, just funky street. But over the years, it turned into like this, uh, I'll say like in the 90s and actually maybe the 80s and 90s and into the 2000s, um, early 2000s. Uh, it just became this, this this street that was, nobody was on it. Um, like the Naughty by Nature store was there. That's what I remember as a kid. They were like, Halsey Street, that's where the Naughty store is. Um, but now it's kind of like, you know, the, the hipster, uh, demographic is there now. Um, it's got luxury housing on one end. I lived on the other end, the, the, the South end of it, uh, in teacher's village for five years. Um, which, which was crazy. Cause it was like the part of Halsey street where it's like, you know, development wasn't there yet. So like, you know, people that were moving there, I was with a bunch of AmeriCorps students and like, they were getting robbed like every fucking week on the corner, like <laughs> of Bradford and Halsey. And I was like, fuck man. There's like no, there's no lighting over there. It's, it's definitely like, it's a scene of a horror film on any given day. Um, and these kids were getting robbed all the time. Ha- these kids right out of college. Come AmeriCorps to- too. Like the kids signing up, <laughs> trying to help the people act most actively trying to help. Like I will go yeah, live in the city for pennies on the dollar in an effort to help. Yeah, and and then you know you're going out to you know to get a shitty fucking chicken shack like you know two thousand a biscuit and you come home and like you're getting robbed for everything even the, the you know the two fucking breasts and a biscuit. But anyway, um, so yeah, so Halsey Street is like kind of like your starter. Like you want to do something. Oh, like, so that's the place right. you're recommending. No, not at all. I just I just tell people to go there because I, you know, there's parts of Newark that I just don't want to see people like. Of course. It's like, oh, this is cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, I would say this: um, there is not a section of Newark that doesn't have a gem. Um, of course, I'm from Ironbound. Uh, Ferry Street is 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 uh, you know our business district. Um, there's you know there's regionally famous restaurants um you know our iberian restaurants which is you know our, our spanish and portuguese restaurants are really good uh you know you have krug's which is on wilson avenue which is you know voted like one of the best burgers in jersey um you know it, it, and ironbound is one of those neighbor- there's there's every single corner this place is ironbound i have like cafes and stuff i haven't been to um so you're always going to find something there 
Uh, but I think that's the go-to for most people. Actually, there was an article written in the Ledger. Um, I think it was last week, and it's like you know, best places to go in each each town in, in Newark, and like Ironbound was for, uh, in, in New Jersey, and Ironbound was was voted for Newark, and I was like, of course, but it's bullshit. There's neighborhoods, there's sections of each ward in Newark that are just like Ironbound, um, lively, uh, things happening, you know, people people out there. Uh, there's plenty of pace, places to be a patron for. Um, my favorite places to go in Newark are the parks. Um, you know, we have Riverfront Park, which is, you know, is, it was built in the last 10 years, and that's community-oriented. It was built by the community or, or sparked by the community to, to and, and created by them. Um, that runs from Ironbound. It's going to be extended into North Ward. Uh, Weekwake Park and Brentwood Park are two of the most beautiful parks I've ever been to in my life. Um, you know, Weekwake Park has is, is gone through renovations over the years. Um, that was the scary park where, you know, you heard all the stories of, of bodies being found in the lake. And like, you know, goat's heads and shit like that. <laughs> uh, now it's like, you know, it's, it's, you know, the, the, I heard the golf course has been revitalized. There's like a running track around it. It's beautiful. It's fucking gorgeous. Um, Branchbrook Park, of course, sits on, in North Ward. Um, you know, the, the Basilica is there, which is, you know, I pass by there all the time. And I'm just like, yo, this, this is a fucking gorgeous building. Um, uh, but again, uh, every neighborhood has its gems. Uh, I think... Um, the only thing I would tell people not to do is ride the light rail after nine o'clock or ten o'clock. <laughs> do not do that. That is that's something I've had to do lately uh, because you know I've, I've been traveling. Um, my fiance lives in, in the Northwoods, so I've been traveling from Ironbound to, to, to go up there. And uh, yeah, after ten o'clock, it, it, it's it's uh, one if you're not if. If you're not the only person on there, which is scary in itself, which is more scary than people on there, you're on there with some folks that, uh, um, you know, I think your, your everyday person would be a, a little scared. I mean, look, I'm, I'm six foot one, I'm, I'm 210 pounds, um, and I'm in here like, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I hope I don't get got today. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it, it's wild shit. Um, but, Again, man, if you're from Newark, you love Newark, you know where all the good spots are. It's, it's one of those things that you just have to, you know, you have to venture out and do what you have to do. Um, don't get caught in the wrong places because, you, know, uh, you know, shit does still go down. But um, I don't, any part of Newark, you can't go wrong with, with finding something great to do. But I would recommend the parks. I would recommend, um, you know, the restaurants. And if you're going to be a patron, if you want to support uh, support, you know, one, the black-owned businesses, support the, the Latinx-owned businesses, because these are, you know, and support the small businesses, because um, these are the things that make the neighborhoods what they are. You know, these are the things that attract people to say, like, hey, I want to move to Newark, or I want to live in Newark, or I want to hang out in Newark. Um, you know, they're putting all this shit downtown, like there's a Starbucks down there, and like a Nike store, and all these things, but uh, you know, that's, that's to attract folks that want to feel safe in a city like Newark. Um, but I think when you go into the neighborhoods and you interact with the folks that are actually the fabric of the neighborhood, you get a better sense of, of what it's about and, and what makes Newark what it is. I love it. And a realistic answer. Well, you know what I love too? It's like you name a bunch of places mm. and then you're also honest enough to go, but stay the fuck off the light rail after, after dark. And yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, don't do that. there you go. Like, <laughs> this is no bullshit. Yeah, I would say after dark, I would say after 10 o'clock, that's the, that's the, that, that's your threshold. 10 to 10 PM. Like if you're going to ride a light rail, like, <laughs> Just be ready to, yeah, just keep your, keep your guard up. That's well, that's <laughs> like, I remember when I was a kid coming back from the city after a certain time of night, you'd get to that journal square transfer 
to get on the path. That's the fucking And you just go, whoever the fuck else is getting on after this, I just got to be ready. Because there's going to be at least two people who are out of their fucking mind on every car. Yeah. You knew yeah, it. Yeah. You knew it. it sounds and, and similar. Not only that, it's just the worst transfer city, especially in the wintertime. Yeah. Jesus, I hate that station. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. Just keep it going. Um, well, I love it. And I thank you. Yeah. And my gears are turning. I think there could be something this is, something interesting. Yeah, this is this is cool. I, I, I put it on the uh, I put it on social media. I was like, I hope they keep this conversation. Cause I've been having conversations with folks where like, you know, <laughs> like really big publications and like, you know, they're like, ah, we can't use what you gave us. I'm like, fuck, man, story of my life. But um yeah, I hope you you're able to use some of this stuff. Yeah, I, I, I definitely I want to run it past Carson and our other guy, Mike, who, who produces it, because they listened to the one with Alexis, and it was, it's very funny to me how it's really, really eye-opening to hear so much of what you said mm. was side-by-side side completely with what he said. And like yeah, yeah. some questions similar or some things I brought up, mm. but so many of the answers that were just like, oh, right, like it's, mm. it's not, it makes me realize like, this city is not like a mystery to crack. Everyone who lives there is having the same experience. Everyone sees what's going on. People understand mm -hmm. what's happening. Yeah. And there's layers to it that I won't understand not having grown up there. But mm. you sit here, you go, oh, I've done two of these. And you guys have had so much of the same shit to say. Mm. You go, oh, right. It's not. Yeah. This, this is not. No one should be. It, it doesn't take detectives to go, well, what are the what are people feeling what are people living what are problems people are seeing yeah it's a, a newark is a very newark is a very nuanced city and i would recommend talking to folks from different wards because the thing is again i grew up in ironbound i've lived in different parts of the city but if you talk to somebody from the south ward or the west ward are there thoughts on the ironbound <laughs> like You'll hear some shit. You'll hear some shit. And it, a lot of it is true. A lot of it is true. Iron Brown is extremely racist. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not all, all, all peaches and cream. It's, it's, and I, you know, I, that's, that's the thing I'll put out there. Iron Brown is extremely racist. Do not let them tell you anything else. This is super racist part of it. So that's wild. So, See, that's interesting to yeah. me. So for those of us from, because that's another thing you hear growing up in the suburbs is, mm. Oh, our family has roots in the Ironbound. Oh, we got to go back to those Portuguese, right? Go to the Rodigio, go get the mute off the swords. The Ironbound mm -hmm. is the part that still gets romanticized out in the suburbs. Yeah, <laughs> but it's Ironbound is super problematic. And like, don't get me wrong, Ironbound. I don't mean the people, like the everyday people in Ironbound, because Ironbound is actually. Don't get me wrong, Ironbound is is a community of color. It's mostly folks from. You know the global south that live there right now so brazilian you know ecuadorian etc um the portuguese folks own a lot of, you know portuguese uh folks own a lot of things down there um and i think that's where a lot of the racism comes in is because you know the business owners are kind of just like hey we don't want these certain peoples in our neighborhood <laughs> um but a lot of the older generation too um you know it, it's there's a lot of races. I think on Monroe Street, if anybody wants to check it out, uh, Monroe Street and Adam Street is actually written into the sidewalk uh, when somebody was putting in the sidewalk Ironbound. Somebody fingered in Ironbound is racist in the sidewalk. <laughs> wow. In, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it, again, depends on who you ask. If you talk to folks from other parts of the city, uh, you're going to hear some wild shit about the neighborhood I, I come from. Not my neighborhood, but the area I come from. So it's almost <laughs> like I'm asking you, like, 
as a North, as a kid who grew up in New York, what was the perspective on the suburbs? It almost sounds like mm. other areas of New York would view Ironbound as the first suburb in a in a way of thinking. Yeah. So yeah, other folks in Newark definitely see Ironbound as kind of like this own entity. Um, so put it this way: I grew up in a part of Ironbound that's not considered Ironbound. Ironbound is a part of Newark that's not considered Newark by a lot of Newark which is bugged out shit. <laughs> There's parts of this I will never under, right? It, it will actually be impossible yeah. for me to understand all the layers of this. It's yeah. So I think, and, and I think a lot of it deals with, um, you know, the, you know, the, the racism. Um, also, uh, Newark is, you know, it, it's, you know, it's cut into pieces um, by infrastructure, right? You know, you have highways and like Ironbound is cut off from the rest of the city by, you know, the train tracks, um, in the industrial areas, uh, southward is, is cut off by a highway. Northward is cut off by, by train tracks and, and the highway. Um, same thing with the westward. So uh, there's those barriers that kind of separates the rest of the city. But also, if you look at the population, um, you know, Ironbound is significantly uh, more white than the rest of the city. So, um, you know, you, you definitely you hear the stories. You hear the stories. And definitely working on housing policy for the, for the last you know, few couple of years, um, you know, getting the rest of the city's perspective on, on Iron Bond has, has been eye-opening for me as well because, you know, seeing the population change over the years, I'm sorry for prolonging oh, this no. conversation. Oh, no, I feel better uh, keeping yeah. you. I'm fascinated. Uh, no, I'm good, yeah. So, um, yeah, seeing other people's perspectives, um, again, because I, I saw the population changing. I saw the population, you know, from when I was younger being, uh, you know, Polish, Irish, German, uh, large population, black population in the neighborhood I grew up in, uh, Puerto Rican, Dominican folks that came over from New York because of what was going on in the Bronx. Um, this was in the 80s and the 90s. Um, you know, and then seeing, you know, in the, the, the mid 80s and, you know, going into the 90s, like becoming largely Portuguese, then seeing Brazilian folks start coming to the Ironbound and then, you know, it got cut up into different ways. Like where most Brazilians are in Ironbound now used to be called Germantown because that's what most of the German folks, this was like Wilson Avenue. Um, and, you know, and the, where I lived that was very diverse. It was everything under the sun lived down there. Um, you know, and, and, and what they call North Ironbound now is like what the heart, heart of Fer uh, Ferry Street goes through. That was largely Italian. Like my dad, again, my dad's black dude, beautiful, beautiful, six foot two black man. <laughs> I love him. My father's fucking gorgeous. Um, uh, it's his birthday yesterday, so I'm like, he's heavy on my mind. But um, what you call it, uh, he grew up with a bunch of Italians. So he's like this 6'2 black dude that speaks like with a, a Jersey Italian accent, like very short. Like, like even the way he says my name, hey, Dan, you know, it's like, <laughs> like you have to do a double take sometimes. But uh, and my mom, right? And my mom grew up in, uh, you know, she grew up in a primarily, you know, black and brown community. And she's, you know, one of the, 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 the few uh, you know, Polish families that, that lived on the block from what I know. Um, but yeah, it's wild to see that change now into mostly, uh, you know, global South folks like heavy Brazil, uh, Ecuadorian, a lot of, you know, Cucuzelas, which was a bakery on, um, on Jefferson street, which was like, I think 102 years old or something like that, which is an Italian bakery. Um, an Ecuadorian family just, just, just bought it. Um, so you're seeing a lot of, old ironbound history um leave the neighborhood now um you know so it's pretty wild then you have you know the <laughs> seabra supermarkets uh 
<laughs> yeah, there's no more path marks or anything like that. There's, there's a, so the, the Portuguese influence is still there. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're seeing more of a Brazilian, Ecuadorian, Peruvian, um, you know, uh, folks, folks from that area that are that are living in the neighborhood now. Um, also, the amount of you know, one of the highest concentrations of undocumented folks living living ironbound, and that goes back to the housing thing, right? The fear. A lot of these folks don't have, don't know their rights. So these are the folks that you know you have to advocate for a lot too, um, because these are the folks that didn't get pushed out um, into parts that, that you know don't have resources for them. Um, so yeah, so so you know that's ironbound, and then when you look at the track of gentrification, um, you know is what they call transit-oriented development, and because ironbound sits on on the bed of, of Penn Station, and because of the access into New York City, and also because we sit you know right outside of the airport, um, a lot of folks. Um, with more means um, than, than most people in Newark are moving to, to the Ironbound because of, uh, you know, the access to, to different things. Literally, you can get anywhere in the world from Newark, which is wild. Um, literally. <laughs> so it's bugged out. Um, you know, uh, so you look at the track of gentrification, um, you know, it, it's Ironbound, then, of course, downtown, which needed residential um, development for so long because it was blighted. Um, you know, rest in peace, Renaissance Mall, which was a half-built mall that was on the corner of, I think, William Street and, and Broad Street that was there for, like, 15 years, just half-built. Um, so you see, like, more residential areas in that area. Uh, and then it goes, you know, up north to the North Ward, um, so into, you know, Lower Broadway and these places. But the, the wild thing is, is that, you know, the West Ward and the South Ward aren't seeing the gentrification track go there. Um, and there's been studies done on this, but it's, you know, when gentrification happens, it goes into, you know, either, you know, your, your poor white neighborhoods or poor Latinx neighborhoods before it goes into the black neighborhoods. Um, so, you know, you, you see that firsthand in Newark, you know, like, uh, you know, people in, in some of the, the wards that are, you know, areas that are affluent, um, that need that that want more development they're just not getting it because redlining still exists mm-hmm. you know what i mean <laughs> just to go full circle redlining still exists um you know the people that 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 control the money um you know they still don't want to go into to black neighborhoods yet um developers still don't want to go into black neighborhoods yet because they know you know the folks that are moving into the cities still don't want to don't want to to move in, in, into black neighborhoods and it's because again going full circle back to you know 67 and beforehand, um, you know, there's blatant racism that, that's still out there and it's systemic things that, you know, uh, we haven't broken through yet. And, and it's going to take a, a lot of intentional dialect to, to, to really understand uh, what our communities are going through. So, um, so yeah, uh, when, when, you, when you talk to folks throughout city and you talk about different wards, um, the conversations are great, man. It's great. And like I said, Newark is super nuanced. So a person, I would love to hear a person from the South Ward talk about the North Ward because just they're just two different worlds, right? Yeah. So, or somebody from, you know, the West Ward talk about the South Ward and, and what they think about it. Um, and I would love to hear like everybody in Newark talk about downtown, the downtown experience. Because like I said, I didn't go downtown until I was 15 years old because something probably that you heard. Like when I heard if you go downtown, like... Once you cross Penn Station, you know, you're going to lose your sneakers. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, shit like that. Um, I mean, you know, I've had friends that went to science, you know, uh, science high school downtown that, you know, they actually, you know, that came from my neighborhood that actually did get robbed when they were in downtown, waiting for the bus to come back home. But, um, 
Wild shit. That's another thing. I would love to hear people's take on, on our transit system, which sucks, but it's great at the same time. Some of the greatest conversations in the world happen on, on, our, on our bus systems. Uh, shout out to the number one and the number 27, but the number one, I've, I've heard the wildest fucking shit go on there because it goes through so much of the city and you get such a like, diverse crowd on there that you just hear the wildest shit. Um, but yeah, good shit, man. Good shit. I have to imagine as a creative person too, because when yeah. you were doing music to get in, Mm-hmm. I do think um, just watching you light up on the screen as you talk about just overhearing people on the bus, thinking about all this nuance, <laughs> I do feel like um, I mean I I felt like I was I felt like I was in West Orange in like an Irish Catholic neighborhood where when I wanted to be an artist, people were like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Shut up!" So I can't imagine the lack of support one feels in a city that doesn't have the suburban support I had. Um, but when you were around this many different types of people this much type uh this many different types of people finding ways to build businesses to support their families etc and then also seeing hard luck cases being on a bus where you're hearing insanity as a creative person i have to imagine um it must be also an incredibly inspiring place too in a way that i'll never totally understand either yeah i think uh you know because Again, like doing music was one thing. I, I think you know if, if if you know the music part of it. A lot of Newark was in my music. A lot of it. Um, I never kept even when I did you know when I did radio uh, or if I was doing interviews or anything. Um, I I always mentioned Newark because Newark is such a big part of my life. Um, uh, but as a creative, yeah, the influence is there. Even like the, the slang, you know, from from you know from my neighborhood. Uh, in comparison to other parts of the city, uh, you know, um, the way we dress, uh, you know, like I grew up in Ironbound and Ironbound is largely immigrant and poor immigrants. So you see the funkiest fucking like, like wardrobe, right? <laughs> like, like just folks just putting together whatever they could because, you know, that's what they had. Um, you know, it, it influenced the way I dress. Um, it influenced like the, you know, growing up with, with you know, Brazilian friends, and, and, and folks from, from that area and like, you know, everything in their homes was so colorful, which gave me a love for color and how color is used. Like when I, you know, when I do my 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 visual stuff, um, but also like, you know, the way you say things, the way you, you know, you wrote down um, how you wanted a word to, to, to hit, you know, somebody listening to it um, definitely came from from, you know, Newark as a whole. Um, because it's again, it's it's you know it's you know, you, you can't help um, but wear it, right? You can't help but wear Newark wherever you go. I remember when I started getting older and I st- again started venturing out to different parts of, of Jersey um, and talking to people, and you know people used to make fun of the way I said Newark, right? Newark is, you know, if you're from Newark, like you guys, like folks from Orange say orange, right? Orange, yeah. orange, one West word, orange. But it's one syllable. Yeah, exactly. You know, folks from Newark say, say Newark, N-O-R-K, or I think most people from actually anywhere in, in this area say Newark, Newark, the way we say Newark, right? N-O-R-K. Um, I used to get made fun of from people in the suburbs or down in South Jersey when I used to play ball and stuff like that, or, or the youth groups I, I was a part of um, used to make fun of me because of that. But, it, you know, now it's, you see it now, like it's it's on T-shirts, and it's like people are really, you know, grasping and falling in love uh, with with uh, with uh, you know what Newark 
contributed to their lives. And I not and I just don't want to speak about myself. I think the art world in Newark right now is is you know I don't want to say it's at its peak, but it's it's definitely grown over the years. And I think it's because you know the the influence is there. You know, rest in peace, Jerry Gant, who was probably the the, the father of of a lot of the street art in the city, um, and Rodney Gilbert as well. Um, these are two folks that you know they put Newark into everything. You know, the the phrase "detox the ghetto" or "detox," you know, any detox the mind, everything that was Jerry Gant. And it's written, it's beautiful. It's written throughout the city. And this is person, this is a person that you know traveled traveled the world to talk about art, um, but you know loved Newark so much that he made sure that every Newark artist that came into his path made sure that they loved Newark just as much as he did. Um, so, you know, it, it's part of the fabric of the city. If you're an artist in Newark, you're definitely going to hold on to to what Newark means to you. So, um, and it's beautiful, man. It definitely is beautiful because there's a lot of pain in it. There's a lot of pain and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of us don't like to use the word resiliency, but, you know, resiliency is the only word to use here because, you know, it's... it's it's an uphill climb from the from the get. So unless you're from the more affluent parts of the city, but you know, um, for most of us, it, it's it's uphill climb. Even in hip hop, mm-hmm. and I feel silly talking to somebody who is a hip hop artist who's come out of Newark. But I sit here, I go, mm-hmm. it's probably fair to say, like nationally, you look at like some of the bigger names in Newark hip hop history. You go Redman, mm-hmm. Outsiders, Artifacts. Even right there, mm-hmm. you look back, you take a step back, you go seems like they were regarded as kind of the fucking weirdos of their scenes. Like yeah, definitely it's, yeah. like the fucking weird fringe guys of their era. And you have yeah, to think the that hip- there's something about this city that something in the water, man. It's uh <laughs> so yeah, I yo I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh and you you don't want to leave out Queen Queen Latifah's from my neighborhood, so I don't ever want to leave her out of that. Um but you look at the artifacts, you think about Tame, you know, shout out to Tame, but, you know, Tame is one, he's, you know, he's regarded as one of the greatest underground independent rappers of all time, right? Um, not just for this region, but, you know, on a global scale. Um, you know, the same thing as artifacts as a group, you know, L, um, you know, regarded as, as a legend. Um, you think about the outs, um, you know, so many people came out of that camp that you can say like, you know, they, I mean, Eminem came out of the outs, right? So it's like, you know, there's a piece of Newark in, 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 in uh, the larger scale of the commercial part of, of it. Um, you know, you look at Naughty by Nature, you think about Tretch. Tretch is, to me, he's one of the greatest rappers of all time. I don't care. And to come from that era from like, you know, the 80s and 90s and just be so progressive. Uh, Lords of the Underground, Redman, who's, you know, a rapper's rapper. Um, yeah, it's, it's you know, you think about Jersey hip-hop, but you think about the hip-hop that comes out of here. It's very different, right? The way, you know, the way punchlines are, metaphors are put together, the way the song structures are. You think about Naughty by Nature. Like, these guys made fucking hits. You think about Hip-Hop Hooray, right? <laughs> that wasn't your conventional hip-hop song from that era. That was a fucking anthem that, you know... <laughs> You know, was getting played at fucking birthday parties, and stuff, right? <laughs> when, when no one was playing rap, uh, so it, it's uh, um, it is, man. It's something in the water, and I'm glad you brought that up. And I, I would love for somebody to dig into to the hip hop history in you know in the county or in Newark and specifically um, to see the roots of it all, because you know Newark's position in hip hop culture um, is great. You know, you think about. You know, these people that we all mentioned and their influence on other people like Redman has been, you know, Eminem has, you know, 
said like you know and other big rappers I don't want to put Eminem out there but has says Redman is you know their favorite rapper um, a lot of people a lot of hip hop historians will say Tretch is one of the greatest rappers of all time um, again Tame et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you think about hip hop also like some of the greatest graffiti has come out of Newark right to this day like I, I you know you go to other parts of the city and graffiti culture is a very very unique culture subculture of hip hop right <laughs> it's a lot of ego attached to it it's a lot of stubbornness et cetera et cetera um but you know the way that's that's gone on uh, uh, into it um into the art world et cetera et cetera and like um but yeah 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 to go back to what you're saying yeah it's a, it's it's unique it's unique and it's it's a it's it's own brand of 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 rap for sure it's kind of weird and it's kind of mm-hmm. funny <laughs> you listen to some of those red man albums you're like oh this dude's yeah. making a priority about being hilarious and he exactly exactly it's from a, somehow yeah. from a city that maybe i don't know and i'm just speaking out of my ass here but like mm. the bronx nobody's gonna say that the bronx that birthed hip-hop was like a happy place but it also was like regarded as cool you go mm-hmm. nobody back then was looking at Newark as like cool it was kind of like this like hopeless nearby city yeah. and yet some of the funniest shit was coming mm. out of this city yeah i think yeah and it, it's speaking from somebody who, you know who you know was was trying to break into the industry um from a young age and you know having being from jersey and having to take that trip um to new york city if you didn't have a you know if you didn't have an outlet in newark um you know you had to find a way to be great because one, if you went to New York and you're from Jersey, automatically everybody thought you fucking sucked. <laughs> They're like, oh, you're from, no, you're fucking, you're, you're from Jersey, you fucking trash. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. What are you doing here? Um, so, you know, you, you, you automatically you have a chip on your shoulder. So, you know, as you probably know this as an artist. Um, once you have a chip on your shoulder, you know, it's, it's fuel for the fire to do your very best at it. Um, but also, I think uh, when it cut, just using Red Man as an example, um, you know, hip hop has had those characters throughout its its history, right? Those characters that are just like, you know, they're 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 hilarious. They they have so much charisma. They're you know, they're they're just amazing at what they do. Um, and he just you know, Redman just just so happened to to be great at that. And also, he just happens to be you know, fucking phenomenal at putting words together in a way that makes a lot of people listen to him over and over. Um, so yeah, it, it it it's some wild shit. But yeah, I think uh, you know, coming from Jersey and having to go to different places in this region, uh, New York City um, specifically, um, yeah, you're just a target, man. As <laughs> soon as you walk in, they can smell the jersey on you. <laughs> they look at your shoes and they're like, "Yo, they're not. He's not from here. He's got a fucking Reebok classics. Like, who the fuck wears them?" <laughs> Definitely speaking from experience. Uh, but yeah, it's it's wild shit, man. <laughs> well, this has been the best. And um, I hope we get to I hope we get to cross paths in person someday because I feel yeah, like there would be sure. clearly I feel like I could sit and just talk with you for hours. So Yo man, that's I honestly I, I appreciate that so much. Yeah, this is this has been really fun, man. Uh, again, I'm a fan of the show. Thanks, uh, dude. You know, I, I listen to it every month, so it, it's really cool and, and you know I and I'm not saying it just because I'm talking to you right now, but um, it's cool to listen to a podcast and be able to pay attention the whole time because you can relate to every single thing that's being said. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's 
ultra focused for people. I mean, the closer you are to West Orange, New Jersey, the more you're going to get out of it with the three of us. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That being sure, said, sure. you're right there in the yeah, I didn't think of in the front line of it. So. <laughs> for sure. 